From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Join us today for another conversation with farmer Kelly Plackey Rome of Plackey Organic Acres as she shares her passion on how all things stem from soil health. Hear how she manages risk through building soil fertility through cover crops and how this works into winter feed for the cows. Kelly Plackey Rome is the herdswoman on her family's dairy farm outside of Cuba City, Wisconsin. Their farm has been certified organic since 1996 and they currently produce small grains, beef, and milk for Organic Valley. We are continuing our In Her Boots podcast series with Kelly Plackey Rome at Plackey Organic Acres here in Wisconsin. Thank you again, Kelly, for inviting us literally around your kitchen table and sharing your story, your family's story of this place and continuing the family farm and championing organics and happy animals and all of that. And a lot of that, well, not all of that, all of that really stems from the soil, right? And I know you're a, you're a, I know I have an art background, but I believe a scientist, a soil nerd at heart because you get the fertility side and how all of these things are holistically integrated, right? In the sense of everything. I mean, how, how would you just broadly describe your philosophy on soil health or how do you see what you're doing here as part of that? I think broadly it kind of comes from there's a handful of books that I've read that have just completely inspired me. The Hidden Half of Nature, um, it's all talking about the microbiome of soil. Um, And there's a plant intelligence book that I've read and also just listening to like Gabe Brown talks. They all talk Mm -hmm. about like mycorrhizal fungi and how these like plants all like you know, they have conversations and it's really amazing. And so basically, I think that all has taught me, like, you want to disturb your soil as little as possible. You want to feed your soil as much as possible, whether that be through multiple species of plants. Uh, So, you know, planting multiple things for your uh, pasture mix um, and then also feeding your soil manure from your cows. Yeah, it's just kind of keep it undisturbed. Try to feed Put in as much or more than what you're taking out and, yeah, keep a healthy root, uh, happy root system that will pull down as much moisture as possible, especially in these crazy wet years we've been having. Um, I mean, I think the ultimate goal is like we want to make sure that we still have topsoil for our kids and grandkids to continue to grow their food in rather than just letting it all wash down the Mississippi into the Gulf of Mexico, right? <laughs> sure, sure. And that really is also a, a smart business strategy, right? Of managing risk through 
creating healthy soil and managing healthy soil and looking at it, as you just put it, long-term and holistically. Sustainably, yeah. And you also see your animals as part of that process, right? In the sense of how you feed them and how do you utilize some of your uh, grain crops or how do you manage the feed by managing the land? Um, So... We do still have some strips um, of corn and of wheat. Each year we do about 40 acres of each. And that is simply to get into our four-year rotation. It's typically a four-year rotation. All of our strips of uh, cropland is. Um, So it would be like one year of corn. And then we sow in a crop of winter wheat uh, that fall right after we harvest the corn. so that that creates a cover for the entire winter. And then that spring, we go ahead and plant in our grass, alfalfa, clover, you know, hay mix into that wheat. So that right when we take the grain crop and the straw crop off of that wheat field, we then, it's already fully grown into a hay field. But that's what we use for like, you know, our forages and for our grains that we sell off the farm. As far as animals managing our pasture land, our uh, permanent pastures, we try as hard as we can to mimic, you know, essentially the way a prairie used to be managed by nature with the buffalo. Um, You want them to go through, kind of destroy it, and then the next day they're off of it and onto a new piece. And then you don't really let them touch it for at least another 30 days, and it's you know, grown hopefully back up to your knee again and let those cows go back through it again. So that way you're building a really nice, deep, healthy root root structure. You're also, um, you know, like I said, supplying those plants with the animal manure naturally, and they're kind of roughing up the ground too a little bit, which helps to reseed some things and helps for water to seep into the ground. Um, yeah, and especially with some things that my husband's trying to do now, too. He's absolutely trying to make our farm seem like it's recreating a old oak savanna kind of deal. So he's trying to go back into the woods and um, get some pasture going in, in the opened up woods that he's got going. And, you know, cows aren't exactly buffalo, but it's about as close as we can get these days. Yeah, and all <laughs> of that, again, too adds up to your bottom line, right? Of Absolutely. Of yep. taking that long-term view on the soil and the health of the pastures, but that's bottom and line. And letting the animals feed. do your work. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's way less tractor time, way less diesel that we're burning. Way less um, risk, period. Yeah. We aren't seeding something in every single year. Yeah, do risk, you, absolutely. But you, and you've learned, and your, your dad started with learning grazing, right? Or, or learning how to manage the pasture effectively or have a, as you were saying, a diverse mix of greens or plantings or whatever, whatever the cows want to eat, right? But I mean, it'll naturally progress in the sense of what they eat, how they handle, how they treat the pasture. It's bottom line lower maintenance, right? Than planting or buying feed. Totally. And it it is about a learning curve though, too. Mm Because when I came back, I, I don't think that my dad was nearly because um, he had just switched the cows to the completely grain-free diet right when I came back. So he wasn't so even... recent. Yeah. And he, so he still wasn't even completely grazing to the point where he should have been or where we are now. And again, with farming, I mean, 
you're never going to do it perfect. You're always going to f- learn like, okay, this is, I need to do this next year a little bit better. Or, you know, I don't like how I did that, so I'm going to change how I'm going to do that. But, um, yeah, I've added just in the last five years, I've added an additional 20 acres of uh, permanent pasture to graze. And over the next two years, I'll be adding another uh, 15 to 20. And absolutely, we keep learning more every single year about what we want to add to that mix of um, what we have in our pasture so that it is a whole full diet for our cows every time that they take a bite. And when you say you're adding, do you assess the pasture as it is and then, I mean, add different plantings Um, or nutrients or how do you, when you add new pasture, what do you think about? We often, I've really been liking frost seeding into it so that we don't have to go in and till up the soil. Um, I do think if you have something that has been completely overgrazed, mismanaged, and it's just like, you know, tons of thistles and you might want to think about going in there and working it up. But um, we've gotten it to the point where it's a pretty nice mix of grasses and clovers, forbs. And so I really like just doing a nice frost seeding in the spring if that frost seeding meeting before frost seeding usually about March. We'll try to go in and frost seed in. Usually, While we're still getting frosts. Yep. Gotcha. Frost seeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeding and especially a lot of like clover and some different grasses because af- you'll see after a while in a permanent pasture that like blue grasses and things like that will start to take over after a few years. So you kind of just want to like um, seed in some other things right away on a certain year just to spice up the mix a bit for the cows. <laughs> and And being engaged in your land is something – you do every day and it's a role oh, absolutely. it's a role too i think that women intuitively play we we see those things we see those gaps or unhealthy situations or it it comes really natural i find in our women farmer work even at moses to talk about conservation it's just it's a no brainer you know or, or the soil fertility what are some ways that you have seen the benefits of this approach on your land. We were talking, we've been talking a lot about the rains lately because we've been getting so much of it here in Wisconsin, but driving up to your place, I saw so many fields flooded out. It was like a new colony of lakes, Mm -hmm. but here you're able to manage that. And and why do you think so? Or not Um, not a situation like that, the flooding? Well, you know, like I said before, I do think that if you have permanent deep roots, they are going to pull down a lot more water into your soil. And that soil is going to hold a lot more rain than just like in a cornfield where the soil is essentially dead and not being held by anything and just washing. So I think that's a the main part of... Sure. And having permanent plantings in the pasture. Yeah, perennial. If you can, you know... Per- I. Perennial, yes, is the best, I think, but at the very least, yes, please put a cover crop in so that there's always something, you know, covering your soil. Like that's <laughs> See, just I think the that's like a thing. women's thing. It's like wear a coat, honey. You know, yes. you need something on you. It's just, just yeah. But it's true and it's how nature works of not being bare and, right. and having those things going on. Um yeah. It uh and and two are you, are your animals out year round then too so i mean it's it's a uh, constantly working with the soil 
Yeah, and kind of, like I was saying earlier, kind of using them as uh, the machines. So uh-huh. if you do see an area that, you know, it's just not looking as good or it got beat up, you know, somehow by either a construction project or you just let the cows accidentally beat it up one year, like, I mean... So, for example, like in the winter, I will put them out on a bedding pack and I'll specifically choose a spot of pasture that maybe hasn't been so good. Let them put the bedding pack there and they like kind of will destroy that. They'll like naturally work that up for me so that in the spring I can reseed it to something that I want or that will end up being a more desirable pasture. Sure. Um, so it's a real partnership so. with your animals. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> like what you were saying earlier about, you know, it's. And women kind of see that, like, I absolutely feel that way about my herd. Like, it's amazing how I can just walk through those cows and the way they react to me versus a strange, and usually a guy, because I feel like guys often get, like, worked up around cows. They get impatient (laughs) rather than walking slowly behind the cow. They're always, like, hitting them on the butt or yelling at them. And um, it's just amazing to me how they... uh, Unless it's just my herd specifically, but I I just feel like there is this intuition that women often have with animals that, you know, you can see if there's an issue a lot quicker than a lot of men that I've been around, or you can kind of get a cow to do what you want by being very quiet and gentle rather than being loud and boisterous and (sighs) impatient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, letting, letting intuition help. Absolutely. Run your farm too. <laughs> it's it's with and, and and farming with heart like you do. Of you know a lot by leading with your feelings of where something should be, right? And just, I think you so can for sure. See when when animals are not happy or people or plants or anything in between. So terrific. All right, thank you, Kelly. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host Lisa Kiverest with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out MOSESorganic.org.